Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Um... If you want to follow me on Twitter or the show or me or both on Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous or on my regular Twitter, which is Cartoon Therapy. That's me. Uh, that's my Twitter. Uh, if you want to buy my book, The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Trainwreck, those are true stories. It's everything from my losing my virginity story, which is really fucking good. I don't think there's anybody on this planet that has my losing my virginity story. It's that unique. I don't know if what that says about me. <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing, but it definitely sets the stage for um, the, all the relationships to follow. Or it gives you an, a good idea of like what kind of nut job I really am. So it's my losing my virginity story all the way and every relationship I have after that one up until I turn 40. These stories are pretty fucking horrendous. I mean, there's not one good story in there. <laughs> And uh, but they're funny and they're good and they're short and they're to the point and they're quick and you don't really have to read the book from start to finish. You could just pick it up and read any chapter. It has a beginning, middle and end. And that's the beauty of my book. Or you could read the whole thing and it's like one person's half a life story. Hopefully half my life. <laughs> anyway, um, you could buy that on Amazon Kindle. And if you're, um, you know, a member of Kindle or whatever, some sort of thing. You get it for free. That's how great my book is. It's fucking free. Or you could pay two ninety nine for it. But if you read it and you think it's great or you think it sucks or you have an opinion about it, email me. Um, the email for the show is strictlyanonymouspodcast.gmail.com. I love for people to email me about the show as well. People always chime in. I have a couple of people that do it all the time who I love. But if you have any opinions about the show or my guests or you want to be on the show, Email me at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. So today I've been talking about how like I reached out and I wanted to get like an update show on where are they now kind of thing. I have that in my book, by the way. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to air today. I had a couple of people that ran long, so I posted them as full podcasts. And then the people that I had run short, I put them together as oh, as one podcast. And then on this podcast, I have Unemployed Joe. He was a guy that had no gig, no girl, no nothing at age 55, and he was doing pretty bad. So he calls in to give us an update to see if he found a job or what the hell is going on with him. We have King Tut, which was one of 
my first callers, he's actually on on um, the intro. He got his little quip got put on the intro. Um, and he was banging his best friend's brother's ex-wife or wife because they weren't divorced yet. The guy was a cop and he had cheated on her massively. Um, and somehow he started banging the shit out of her behind that cop and his friends, his best friends back. Um, we were hoping he'd get caught because we thought it would be kind of salacious and good for the show. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He's calling in to tell us what happened. Something did happen there. Uh, so we have him on the show. And Tuna. Remember Tuna? He's the guy that's really nervous about girls and doesn't... He's nervous, actually, not about girls more so, but like about the fact that he has never had a relationship and he's in his late 20s. And so he calls in and lets us know whether he's even had a relationship yet or how he's doing on that front. So those are three people on this call and um, and that's my end of the year wrap up. And at the end of this year, the only thing I really want to say is uh, and I never do this. I never talk about celebrities on the show because who cares? I think everybody's equally as interesting and fascinating. But I do want to say a big shout out and a big fuck you to Barbara Walters because I caught her most fascinating people. I don't know. It was like on some bad channel at like two o'clock in the morning one night. I don't know why she's running her special on like TV land or some shit, but that's where it was. And her most fascinating person of the year, okay, was George Clooney's wife, Amal or whatever her name is. Listen, she's great. It's whatever. I mean, it's nothing against her. It's more like Barbara Walters. What's your fucking problem? Like the fact that and the way she had it spun was so archaic. It was like, this is the girl that finally snagged. George Clooney's heart like nobody else was good like no other w a woman could do it like George Clooney wasn't a fucking psychotic commitment phobe and had issues with women that's why he couldn't get married it was because no girl was good enough and now this guy I mean I wanted to throw up okay like if she said George Clooney was the most fascinating person of 2015 because at 50 whatever fucking years old he is he finally got over his commitment issues and was finally able to settle down with a woman that was his equal and he was ready for a relationship I would feel like that's fine that's fine because that is huge because I have commitment issues and they are really hard to get over and it does take almost 50 years okay but the fact that she spun it as if he was always normal and waiting. And then they show clips of his old girlfriends and they talk about how they were just like waitresses and bartenders. I mean, it was so degrading to those women as if they weren't good enough for him and he just needed someone. Like there weren't beautiful lawyers and, you know, successful, amazing women like Amal around him his whole fucking life. Like that it was just her that did it because she was beautiful and smart. It was just seriously, Barbara, like really why are you promoting like these archaic what are those things called that we grew up with fairy tales it's like a fairy tale it's like that shit that you put in women's heads and it's so ridiculous i just can't wait till that whole generation of people over 50 just die because i feel like the younger generation doesn't buy into any of this bullshit it's just so stupid and i just thought oh my god barbara I've liked you all my life and now I don't anymore because that was the dumbest thing she ever did. I mean, please, most fascinating. Anyway, so that's my big fuck you to Barbara Walters at the end of the year, my big celebrity mashup, which I never do. Uh, but I was just so enraged by it. I thought I'm going to talk about it. Anyway, so I'll be right back with my update call. I don't know who I'm going to put on first or what I'm going to do, but, you know, that'll be a surprise. Stay tuned. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. 
send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hi, Unemployed Joe. How are, how are you doing? Well, good morning. I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there as best as I can. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good. So, you know, I'm doing a like a Where Are They Now episode where I'm just catching up with people who called into my show for during the year just to see, you know, what's happened with them. So, you know, your deal was you were unemployed, you had no girl, you had like, and, and you were looking for those things in your life. Has anything changed in your status? Well, yes, it has. I am employed, but very minimally. I, I now work with taking care of what they call special needs people, you know, people with Down syndrome and autism and, and whatnot, you know. Adults? Adults and, or children or both? Adults? Yes. Oh, I'm, yeah, I work in an adult day program, and they are adults. Anyone there is over 18. Okay, go on. You know. But it's something. This is what you do when people say, I'll do anything for a picture. So there I am doing anything for a paycheck. It's, it's difficult work, and there's not a lot of money in it. I'm actually, at my age, at 56 years old, I'm making $12 an hour. Wow. And what's, at this point, what's I, minimum wage? I am glad to get it, too. What's, what's minimum wage nowadays? Do you know? Where you that live? is a good question. I'm not sure. My, what, as I understand it, here in San Jose, California, in just this city, it's $10 an hour. But I don't know that for sure. I heard that. Okay, so how many hours a week do you get to work? You said minimally. You're working minimally. How many hours a week do you work at this gig? Uh, approximately 35, give or take a few. 35? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, yeah. Joe. Do they have any kind of programs for people out of work that are your age where you could, like, go back to school and they pay for it or anything like that or no? Oh, you know, I've kind of been all through that in the, in the recent past, and I hate to have to tell you this, but what I really am finding out is that for a middle-aged Caucasian male, there is just not a lot of help out there. You know what right. I mean? We talked about this on the on the show initially that, you know, you don't think about that. You think about, I mean, the majority of people are minorities, right? You know, whether right. they're women right. or, or, you know, disabled people or they're, you know, of a different race. Of just You know, but the white male, like you said, like we forget that that nowadays and your feel actually works against you because they don't see you as a minority exactly so they don't help you at all you can't get like funding to go back to school and learn a new trade or anything like that i've kind of beat my head against that wall to the point where i'm frustrated right <laughs> you know for one well, I, I wish i could explain it better and i'm sorry but one way or another there's always some reason why I would not qualify for something like oh, that. Oh, it's you know? such bullshit, right? So you just you just look for gigs, and you finally found one, um, and you're mm-hmm. helping special needs people. So people have, like, downs. And what do you do with them all day? You work a full day, 9 to 5, like uh, 40 hours a week? Um, almost. It's a full day. Um, we, I, we start at 9 in the morning, and we end at 4 when the buses come to take them home. Well, a typical day might be, like, in a nutshell, is uh, the... The buses will arrive to our day center, and I guess they take them them from their homes or their group homes, and we'll get them off the bus and take them to the bathroom and get them cleaned up, and then tend to them. And uh, we will be we will be paired up into groups, and some will go out into the community where they will do volunteer work, such as maybe going to a YMCA and folding towels 
or going to a local church and, you know, uh, putting up their folding chairs and stuff like that. What it does is the attempt is to keep them busy and so they can learn skills, so they can better have, you know, a function in a more, uh, you know, a more functionable life. Right. And let me ask you, when you say you take them to the bathroom, you have to, like, clean them up in, like, that area? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. At my age, this is the first time I am changing adult diapers for a living. It is something completely new to me, but then again, when somebody says, I'll do anything for a paycheck, (laughs) this is what happens. I mean, I imagine it's like anything else that after you do it a couple times, like you get used to it. Is that a fair statement? That's a good way to put it. And, you know, know, the whole um, the whole ballgame, because this is new to me and I'm doing it as best as I can, you know, but um, I, too, am a father. So I have changed diapers in my in my day. Uh huh. (laughs) You know, so um, the actual act of changing a diaper and cleaning them, you know, it's not that it's not that horrific (laughs) once you can just get past it. Right, exactly. But I think that's what happens. I mean, you you know, it's just like survival sort of instincts. Or, you know, you do something once and you just like somehow your brain learns how to sort of deal with it, you know. Let me ask you this. When you you say that they pair up into groups, right, do you get the same groups all the time? Like, do you are are you work with the same um, people all the time? Uh, no, ma'am. There is uh, approximately 40, we call them participants, because they participate in the day program. There are 40 participants in this day program. And we are paired up with one staff, that would be me, and four participants, three or four participants. You know, some are in wheelchairs, some can walk, you know, and they have their, you know, their vans that are especially equipped to handle a, a wheelchair. You know, the lift comes down and put the wheelchair on it, and we put them in and take them away. You know, and we do the best we can to uh, to keep them safe right. and to keep them occupied, you know, because it's difficult on the, on what we call the staff. To me, some of these people like to what we call them a flight risk. We get them place and they just want to take off down the road. <laughs> right, know? of course, and of it, course. It's so like dealing with children. It's like dealing you with know? children, but children that really don't understand because some of them are like mentally, they're not physically are some of them just physically yeah. disabled or are most of them like mentally disabled too? That's right. Now this is not my but I this is not my words, but I've heard it said it's like herding cats. <laughs> and when I heard that I figured, well that makes sense. Cats? <laughs> you know. Cats? Yeah, it's like herding cats. You ever try to herd a, a, a bunch of cats? Right. They go every which way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Now don't get me wrong, when I when I work with these people, it's open it opened a new um what can I say, a new um, area of of compassion that is new to me and i never but you know i didn't know i'd have this kind of compassion you really can't care for some of these people they really get to grow on you personally you know you get attached to them right having said that having said that uh, here in san jose california one of the most expensive places in the country to live uh, my uh, 12 dollars an hour you know I, as much as i appreciate it it's not really going to do it for me so i am still you know, pursuing a paycheck I can live with. Right, right, right. I can imagine. And so what you're tr- tr- basically saying is that though the job is really hard and everything, on some level, you have you do attach to these people and there is some meaning in it for you, but you still, at the end of the day, need more money to survive. Where are you living? Are you still living with your sister? Yes, I'm living with relatives, you know, and, and as much as I want my own place, I got to admit, if it wasn't for relatives, you know, me and so many people like me would be out in the streets, you know. Right, and, and 
and I'm assuming you're not, you're still not dating any girls on the horizon for you, any females, any action. Um, I mean, have you met anyone at work? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347 420 3579. That's 347 420 3579. You could call that number 24 7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Uh, no, I have not. The people that work, well, most of them are half my age, and, and those that are not half my age are, are married and they have their lives. Right, right. And as far as me dating, you know, the the cold, hard reality is 56-year-old man only makes $12 an hour and has to live with relatives. That's not what a woman would find attractive. So I still do think that there's somebody for everyone you never know, but I get why. I'm not going to sit here and try to change that thought process for you because that's a very natural way to think as a man, and I, and I get it. I think you're still in survival mode because you're not making enough money, right? Um, yeah, and yeah. you still need it. And what I've always taken uh, f- back about with you, or I, that's the wrong word, like what I'm always impressed with is like you're, you're, you're just like a really good person, and I always wish to, you know, that you could find a better gig and that things could get better for you. I'm glad that they are a little bit better. Listen, you're not jobless. You're out of the house, uh, you know, so many hours of a week. You, you, you know, there, you are getting something out of this job. Like you said, you found compassion in yourself. And I think that that's great. I just think now you need to take it up a notch and eventually get a, a, a better gig where you're paying, you're getting paid more money. I always hope that somebody would call into the show or email me to help you find a gig. The problem with a podcast nowadays is like it's online, right? So everybody in the world could listen to it, right? It's so it's like it's not just, you know, San Francisco or San Jose. I get people from all over the world listening, though I get a lot of people. It's not concentrated in your area, though in the United States, I have to say when I look at my stats, the most people that listen are in California. So that's good news for you. So we're still looking to help Joe. Like, I'm still looking to help you find a gig. Okay, so if anyone's listening to this podcast, Joe, Unemployed Joe, uh, is looking for a gig. How much, I mean, you're making $12 an hour now. What would change your life? Like, what would be the ideal amount? Like, are just enough for you to, you know, live a life where you could go out and date? Maybe you could have your own place. Like, what would you need per hour? Well, I'm going to give that my best guess. And I would say that 20 to $25 an hour would at least get me where I can afford to be somebody's roommate. You know, I could rent a room out of somebody's house. Right now, what I'm seeing, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say Craigslist. I'm not advertising yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I look on Craigslist, I see rooms for rent. You know, they are, they're asking for actually more than I bring home in a month as it is now. Right, because you live in, so like you say, I San Jose is expensive. My best guess, 20 to $25 an hour would at least get me to be somebody's roommate. Right. Um, anything, anything more than that. If I got more than twenty five dollars an hour, then you're right. Then I can afford to attempt to take a lady at the dinner. Right. Okay. So we're still trying to help Joe. Okay. 
This is the deal. Anyone's listening that's in the San Jose, San Francisco area, right? Because San Francisco would work for you too, or no? Oh, uh, yes. Um, I didn't quite catch that a plane went by. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Yeah. Would San Francisco work for you too, or just San Jose? Uh, no, San Francisco, it's actually it's a beautiful place, but it's it's approximately an hour and a half to two hour ride from oh, here. Oh, forget it. Okay, no, so. No so, traffic, but I'm up for relocating. Okay, so anyone, but it's very expensive in San Francisco too, so it would be hard to relocate. So anyone in that area, I would say San Jose, San Francisco, like anyone within that area, like, and you, if you have a gig for Joe. Please write into the show and I will um, uh, pass it along because you're still looking for something. Joe will do anything, as you could tell from what he's doing right now. Um, his recent career, what he did his whole life was he was a drafter, but the, he, he you don't know the new sort of software right so that's basically useless you're looking for something or anything that you could do now and you know you're kind of like a jack of all trades you could cook you that could is right as far as my uh, drafting career goes anybody who knows anything about uh, mechanical engineering they're familiar with the term autocad that was a software i i was on since it first came out nowadays everybody the industry is using a much more sophisticated software solid works or solid modeling and that is what i just scratched the surface on when layoffs happen. So I am not up to speed on the latest, but I'm sure or hope there are still people or companies that use yesterday's software, which is AutoCAD. That right. So anybody that's a little antiquated out there and still using, you know, AutoCast, uh, right in Joe's available to work ASAP. He's looking for twenty to twenty five dollars an hour. If anyone, like I said, I'm like I have a friend who's got a lot of companies out there. When he looked at your resume, he didn't have anything in your field, and he was looking more specific for something that you were used to doing. Um, I reiterated to him that it's you'll do anything at this point, and that you're just looking for you know um, something. And so I'm going to go back to my friend and sort of tell him that. But I'm just hoping that maybe one of my listeners could help you too, because st- I, I still want to help you. I still like to see you get more back on your feet. Though, like I said, I'm happy that you are doing something and you moved a little bit ahead. And since we spoke with you last, I'm hoping that the next time we speak with you. You're um, in a better place. You have a better gig. Maybe you're living with roommates and you got a girl. Like, that would be the ultimate because, um, you know, you need well, a little I, I joy. <laughs> you I'll need a little joy in your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the deal. So, Joe, I mean, we, we tried to use the podcast the first time as a way for you to what we wanted to do at the time because Tommy was a host, but he wasn't on that call, I don't think, was use the podcast as a way for you to do like a job interview. But me and you got into like a really interesting conversation about, you know, your whole life and a lot of interesting things that happened. So it turned into like a really interesting podcast to me. It was a lot more than just a guy that's unemployed, you know. Um, It was sort of your whole life story if anyone wants to listen to it. I think it was episode 30-something, 38. You could listen to the whole thing. So, you, And if you listen to the whole thing, anyone that's out there that might like actually have a gig for Joe, if you listen to the whole thing, you're going to get a good idea that this is like a solid, good guy that has a good work ethic that you could hire uh, without really knowing him um, and feel confident that he's going to get the job done because that's how I feel when I listen to the show. I feel like you're a good guy. I could use... You know, and, 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 and that you would be a great asset to anybody's business. 
And well, I thank wanna... you. I, I agree with you. You're right. I am a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good asset to anyone. <laughs> exactly. So if anyone's listening, let's try to help Joe. Like I said, email me at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I'll pass on your information to Joe. He's willing to relocate. So if anyone's around that area within like an hour radius, right? Like you'd be willing. Because I have a cousin that works in like the Monterey area, Monterey, Carmel. Like would you be interested in um, moving over there? Well, sure, Lynn. Monterey's beautiful. It's a bit too far to commute from here, but I'm up for relocating. Yeah, and I think it's cheaper there because I know she's a student and she lives in a a town close to Monterey and she, like, loves it. It's really beautiful, and I don't think it's as expensive as San Jose. And it's probably, like, more... Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, more beautiful. So I'm going to talk to her. Anyone listening, uh, let me know if you have anything for Joe. And you keep me posted, Joe. uh, We're going to try and help you again. Excellent. And if you ever find yourself in California, look me up. There's a martini in it for you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. I'll email you when if I hear it from anybody, okay? Well, thank you very much, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you again. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hey, Tuna. So I'm doing an update call, and I'm calling okay. people from the past year that I spoke with. Um, now, what the listeners don't know about... Well, you, the deal with you was I had you on because you were like a foot fetish guy, right? But you also had this other thing where you were very sort of um, like intimidated by women in the point where like you couldn't really sort of approach women or ask them to go out or you had issues around like getting a girlfriend, right? Yeah. Right. So, but you also had a foot fetish, and that was like your thing. Like, you would go to these places, which I never knew existed, and you would pay like 75 bucks, right? To have a girl. Yes. To have a girl rub your feet. And that's really all that goes on in those foot fetish places, right? Yes. Um, there's no sex. There's no. Do you still do that? Have you been to one of those places recently? Actually, I haven't. I've decided, actually, I've decided to do it like, like once a year because now they're charging a hundred bucks because it's so popular right now. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I only go there like, but I used to do that like twice a year, but now I do it once a year. Right. It's too too expensive. It's like, okay, you know, it's a bit, it's a little get too expensive. Like, let me just turn it down a bit, you know? Right. So you wait once a year. So you've already done it this year, I'm assuming. Uh, Yeah, I have. And it was good. You love the foot good. rubbing. Is that what it is? Like that's what you get into, just like the rubbing of the feet. Uh, I do. Uh, I do other things as well. I get to rub her feet, tickle, and uh, kiss her feet. Oh, like you suck on her toes and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And does she like moan and stuff and get like really into it? No, no, no. no she does not do that. No. Okay. What do they do? Just sit there and like read the paper? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, actually, some people like some girls personally. They actually, I, I make conversations with, when I massage their feet. I make conversations with them, and they uh-huh. say in their personal life they actually enjoy enjoy a, a guy, you know, touching their feet or worshiping their feet. Right. Uh huh. They they're very into it. That's what they like. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. When I pick. Yeah. Right. So that's cool. They, they don't like they don't moan like sexually. They actually enjoy it. 
It's relaxing. It's like a massage. It. It's like a massage. Do you get really in there and like really massage their foot? Yeah. Right. So that's cool. So let me yeah. ask you this. The other issue that you always had, and you always emailed me after your call. Every now and then I'd get an email from you, you know, asking yeah. for some advice because you have this thing where you're sort of freaked out that you haven't had a relationship in a very long time and you want one and you think that if you ever let a girl know that you've never really had one or you've never had a relationship, actually, that she would never date you. That was your thing, right? So I'm wondering, and then we sort of, you know, Tommy's not my co-host anymore, just me, but we gave you advice on how to get out there and just start, like, talking to oh, girls so in you bars. Will, hold on. So you mean Tommy is not on the, with you on the show anymore? No, obviously you're not a fan of the show and you don't listen, Tuna, because It's he not hasn't... that. I just, I don't have, I don't really have much, I don't, I have been Don't busy. worry, don't worry You know, it. I don't have much time, you know, to listen to the show, you know. That's, I need callers and I need listeners. Callers don't have to be listeners, Listen, listeners don't have to be callers. Um, I need sure. both. You're a caller and that's great for me and I'm so glad that you call in and share your stuff and you're honest and that's all that matters. I was just joking. Um, Yeah, no, Tommy okay. hasn't been on in a very long time. Tommy had a very full life. He had baby, he had a wife, he had a new business he was owning and he can never show up for calls. So he doesn't do this with Yeah, me. I think he's at a different place in his life right now. Yeah, he's just too busy. Even though I loved him yeah. and he was great as a co-host, he was just too busy to nail down and I was losing people all the time. So I just do it myself so I could do it whenever I feel like it. But we had given you advice to, like we really wanted you to just get out there and practice and just start asking some girls out and going to bars. And we did a follow-up call with you and you actually did that and you started to kind of talk to girls. Um, and, I, you know, I'm curious to see where you're at right now. Like, have you, okay. what's been so going what on? Do you, so what do you like to know? Like, like, I like to know, have you been talking to women? Do you feel more comfortable doing that? Have you gone on any dates? Do you have a girlfriend? Have you gotten to first base? Have you fucked anyone? Like, all of that. Well, um, you know, I have been, um, you know, I've been actually, yeah, I've been trying to, yeah, I've been uh, talking. I've been, I went to uh, basically at gatherings uh, with friends, and um, and with friends I talked to some people. But you know, and I've talked to some girls. I've been rejected. I've been rejected a few times, and there was a point in my life that I was really, really um, trying to. I was trying to like hurt myself because I I was so upset being rejected so many times because whenever I get rejected, I, it, I don't forget. I don't really, I really don't forget things. It really hurts me inside. Uh-huh. So and, uh, basically I've been talking to, um, I've been seeing a shrink. Yay. We told you that too. Months. Yeah. Six months by now. And I tell her about these things and um, she usually tells me it's not what I tell her about my, problem and she tells me it's not um you know she gives me like you you don't there's clearly there you don't have to it's rejection is part of life you just have to deal with it you shouldn't hurt yourself if you have if you really are frustrated it's best if you talk to someone in my family in in my family and or one or anybody you know like a good friend right Uh basically so basically you know, I haven't, I don't know, as you know, I don't have a girlfriend and I haven't been late. 
I haven't been, I haven't been, I'm not actually in the rush to, uh, to, I'm not in the rush to look, to be looking for a relationship, you know, I don't feel, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm ready, so, uh, right, I'm, right now, so I have to focus on other things. I actually talked to my female cousin about, about the question that I was looking for, that, uh, question because it's still been bothering me. Uh-huh. It's still been bothering for months. And she said, "It's just tell that you haven't, you've never been." She told me the same thing. You say you've never been in a long-term relationship. I explained to her that, like, I, I have to focus on myself together and to focus on myself to fit the qualifications that the girl is looking for. Uh-huh. Like, for example, if I want to get a good-looking girl. I'm not going to get a good looking girl because I'm overweight, so I have to like lose weight. To <laughs> Is that what she said to you? For... Is that what she told no, you? No, that's what I was thinking, basically. Right. You know, but it's she tells me I put too much pressure on I too, put too much pressure on myself. You do, yeah. She tells me there because there is no there is no need to be in a relationship because you know I feel really bad because I feel really that I feel upset because like my peers peers and my peers are already married and I'm 27 they're 27 oh, they're God, already they're married in- and have kids or whatever and why am I not you know mar- why am I not in having or why do I not have a girlfriend or not married she mm-hmm. said she told me don't worry about it you know you shouldn't there's no you shouldn't there, you don't have to be pressured to there's no pressure to be in a relationship you can to be a relationship, you could be, you could wait until you're 40. It shouldn't really matter. It shouldn't really matter, you know. So, and I don't really go to bars because I don't drink and it's not for me. So I kind of thought it through, and it's, maybe it's just best if I find some activities that I that I like to do or that regarding my hobbies or. Tommy and, gave you that advice. And there are goals. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And if there are girls, if there are girls there, since they might be girls there and if I find a girl that I like I just go in and try to go for it and see what happens okay yeah that I think Tommy told you that too as well listen I think it's great your cousin sounds very smart you sound more clear about who you are and what you want because I think a a while ago you really felt this pressure that you had to have a relationship and you really thought that you actually really wanted one and now you're admitting that you're not ready for it and I think that that's a good I think that that's very honest of you and that's probably more of the truth than that you really wanted one a long time ago you know what I mean so I think that that's great you don't need to want to have be in a relationship at all times you know, if you're working on yourself right now and figuring things out and taking it slow, that's cool. And just getting involved in other um, things, that's fine. Can I say something real quick? Sure, of course. Yeah, you did say that I have a commitment, that I have a commitment issue. I thought about that, and it's like maybe maybe, the, maybe the, I realize that I do because there are times like when I do something, I do something for a while, I stop doing it. That means I don't really commit to much so basically if i don't commit to what i'm like for example when i i do it i exercise for three months and i lose weight and then a couple months later i stop doing it for right. whatever reason so if i can't commit to, and i can't commit to like achieving my achieving like my goal my weight loss goals how am i going to 
commit to a relationship. So basically, I have to like, you know, focus on myself before find, focus finding myself or something before finding somebody else. Maybe because like it's hard to fall in love with someone, you know, and uh, and you it's know, scary. And, and even with the weight loss, I think sometimes when you're used to sort of being in a certain position or whatever it is, you know, it's very hard to sort of be open to something better for yourself. A lot of times people self-sabotage things, you know, like people that are overweight, they start losing weight, they start feeling really good. And there's some sort of like evil part of you that will come in and be like, no, like because there's a part of you that's used to being overweight and used to being that person and doesn't want to be somebody else, you know, and sometimes it's like we hold on to negative parts of ourselves just because it's comfortable, you know, and when you start to let go of it, some part of you gets freaked out and like makes you go back. So, you know, listen, I think honestly you could, there's plenty of people that have issues that you have and they're in relationships. You can have a relationship whenever you want at any time and you want it just a matter of, you know, being open to it. I think it's hard for you because you say like you feel things really intense and you think about things a lot and that's just who you are so it's always going to be a little bit more scary for you because you're you know you're you're analytical and you're complex and you know you think about things and that's like sort of hard to do and, and and let relationships happen because you have to just have to you know do it and you know so it's going to make that kind of stuff a little bit harder for you but I think that you could when you're ready to have a relationship you'd be great in a relationship you it's great that you're talking to somebody they'll help you sort of navigate that when you do meet somebody but I think that starting with yourself and starting to learn how to commit to things that'll make you happy yourself I think is a great start and you could always you never know if you're open when you'll meet somebody, you know, and you're not right. You're not the type of guy, like you said, that drinks. So you're not going to go out to a bar and pick up checks. You know, it's going to just happen in your life at some point when you're ready to do business, because eventually when you want to learn about women and everything, you have to have relationships. Eventually you have to start having them so you could learn some shit, you know, learn tr trust, learn what you're afraid of. There's sometimes you don't even know what you're afraid of in a relationship until you start actually having them because nothing comes up unless you're putting yourself in that vulnerable position. But I think it's great right now that you know for yourself that you're not interested in sort of having a relationship and you're okay and you're working on yourself and you're doing other things and you sound a lot better than you did a year ago, I got to say. I mean, you definitely moved forward and that's what life's all about. Yeah, you know, I, I was really, fully like, expecting. I'm not the no, I'm not the only one. I feel like you know, I realize like I'm not the only one that that feels like you know being rejected. You know, it's like it's a bad feeling, but I'm not the only one because every there are other people that feel it. Totally, and, but but they do succeed. But the reason, but they fail. But then I realize. But then what I learned, what I see is that they they fail more times than they succeed, and that's why they have the ability to keep going and achieve their goals. You know? Yeah, let me tell you something that's that I, I told do. my friend recently because I've always had commitment issues all my life, and uh, recently the past couple of years, um, I've been trying to have a baby and make some changes in my life, and all I've done is fail at that. Like I've had a lot of failures in that area of my life and it's been the greatest lesson for me and the greatest thing and it's totally helped me uh with my commitment issues like I don't really feel like I have that commitment any commitment issues anymore I don't feel 
as devastated or as afraid to sort of just fall for somebody anymore like I used to because I think what the deep, deep down thing about a fear of commitment is is a fear of failure, you know? And so what happens with people that commitment issues is they keep their lives in certain in a certain way that they fail very minimally because they're never putting themselves in positions to really fail, you know? So if you, if you do that and you start to get used to it and you're and you realize that you're okay and you could deal with it, you start to trust that you'll be all right. And then you're okay to sort of fully fall for someone. So for me, the cure of my commitment issues has been to fail a million times to the point where I'm okay with failing. I'm okay to fully say I want something so much and not get it and then still pick up the pieces and keep moving forward and, and be okay with that and do it again. Do you know what I mean? So I think you're right with the failing thing. You have to fail. You have to be rejected. You have to, to fully commit to something and have it not work and, and then realize you'll be okay and then you're fine. Do you understand? Does that make sense? Yes. You know, so it's a, it's a fear of failure, and, you, and the only way you get over a fear of failure is to fail and to allow yourself and to put yourself in positions where you actually go for big things in your life, you know, and, and, and really take a risk. That's what it's about. So, yeah, everyone gets rejected. Everyone gets knocked down. There's no successful person out there that has, like, really great things that didn't fail a million times. The difference between Sometimes them... Sometimes I get the feeling, like, when you see certain celebrities like Jay-Z or Beyonce or LeBron James, they never, they seem like, you know, some of the media, like, they always say, like, they always, they're always succeed. They never fail at anything. No, but I'm they, not sure I believe that. No, they've you know? probably failed at a million things before they got to where they are. Go, go read Russell Simmons, like, books and stuff. He's really good at, like, all that stuff. I mean, listen, there is a certain... There's different people, and different people have different things put on them. You know, some people are, are able to succeed and uh, not have to go through the failure lesson that much because they have healthier childhoods, and they don't really need to learn that. But certain people have different ways of, of being raised, and they have different issues, and they have different mm -hmm. lessons, you know. But most people, successful people, have tons of struggles. They just don't sort of pay attention to them and they move forward and they just keep going and that's what it's about and I think you know that's why biographies are really great because if you really watch anyone's biography like the full thing from beginning to end you see that everyone's life has huge ups and huge downs and you know the most successful people have huge losses and huge gains and it's just like everything is proportionate like you're going to get you know, the more you sort of risk and to take a chance to have big things, the more likely you will get big things. If you keep everything small and you take small risks, then you're going to have small gains. It's equivalent. Do you know what I mean? So just I yeah. think you're doing like I said, I mean, I actually think you're doing really good. I was so sure that I would talk to the same exact person that I talked to a year ago. And you're not the same person like you're really not. And I think that that's really great. You're more clear-headed. You're getting help. You you you're uh, you speak better about like what's going on, and um, you're more uh, like you're, and you're talking to more people. Like you're talking to your cousin. You're talking to your therapist. Like you're literally changed, and I think that that's great. And you've changed for the better. So I yeah, think I haven't talked to a lot of people. You, you know, don't need I'm to talk to a lot of people. You're talking to the right people. Your cousin sounds super smart, 
And, you know, you listen, you don't want to put your shit out there to everybody, okay? Because there's a lot of stupid people out there and people will say bullshit things to you. So, you know, you're talking to your therapist and you talk to your cousin and those are, you don't need to talk to everybody about it. And you talk to me. I don't even know who you are. That's a, that's, these are all safe people to talk to and that's, you know, you, who you need to be vulnerable with. You don't need to put your shit out there with everybody. So what I mean is that you're at least talking and you're talking to the right people and that's all you need. You know, two smart people is better than 10 fucking imbeciles. And a lot of people are so stupid. So, And your cousin actually sounds smart. She gives you great advice. And, you know, you have a great therapist because obviously she's good because you're changed. You're, you're, you're a better person for having, gone, you know, gone to six months of therapy. I think therapy is great, and I think it's b- good for you. And stick with it. Okay. Okay. No, serious. I really, yeah. I really expect it to be like, oh God, Tuna, go fucking talk to a girl. And I really swear. And you're actually very different in a good way. So I think that's great. And you should pat yourself on the back. And that's like, you know, that's you facing your fears. Yeah. And that's what it's about. So you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah, I feel. You sound better. good. You do, you sound it, good and you are better. It's like I'm taking baby steps, like you said. It's not gonna, it's not gonna all turn to. It's not gonna be all, not gonna be instant success right away. You know, but I they, take but it one small day at su- a time. Yeah, but small successes are, are are important. Like I mean, they're not. It's not like baby steps for you. You're taking big steps forward. Sometimes when you feel like you're doing nothing and you're just sitting there talking about a problem and trying to figure it out you don't realize that 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 is doing something do you know what i mean just wanting things to be different is doing something you know and then sometimes there's these you know these times where it really feels like there is a big change but even when you don't think you're changing if you're trying to change and that's what you're focused on you are changing so you're taking big steps i think forward and i think that that's great yeah yeah, so great. Like, you know, we'll talk again soon. Like when you you're going to meet a girl soon one day when you're ready for that. And uh, yeah. that'll be really exciting. And you'll be dealing with a whole bunch of new things to conquer. You know what I yeah. mean? And that'll be like your next lesson. But right now you're tackling what you need to tackle. And I think that that's that's a good place to be. So, yeah, congratulations. It was a good. I'm glad. Thanks. Okay, so keep up the good work and keep in touch with me. And when you get a girlfriend, you call into the show, even if it's not like, you know, whenever that is. Okay. Okay, Tuna? All right, I will. Thanks for the update. All right. Glad you're doing well. All right. Bye. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. King Tut, how are you? I'm good. Okay, so listen. So I already talked about on the intro, like, what your deal was. You were this guy. You were actually, like, one of my first callers. You were a guy who is screwing your best friend's brother's ex-wife or wife. Like, he had massively cheated on her. Like, it was a bad sort of ending. So that's why I think we didn't feel bad for him because it wasn't like you were doing – like, I was on your side because it's like he really fucked her over. I felt like she was revenge-fucking you. Tommy, I think, thought that she was going to wind up having copping feelings for you because you guys were having this like ongoing sexual relationship that nobody knew about. Not not the husband and not even any of your friends. That's why you called into the show because you had nobody you could really talk about this with. Right. right. Yes. And so what happened? Did you wind up getting caught? Uh, basically, what happened was uh, my friend's family 
always goes away in the winter time for about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and she convinced uh, his family to take her kids with them so that we, uh, she'd have no kids for the week that they were gone, and we would spend the week together. Right. Um, so we figured we we're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, we I packed a whole bunch of different things like a blindfold and some other like little toys and stuff that have fun within the bedroom, plus some, just some other stuff mm-hmm. to have fun for the whole week. Because what um, you were typically the, doing before that is you would have to like you were like wearing a hoodie and sneaking into her basement, oh, yeah. right? I mean that's so this would be like really kind of great because you guys could just like do it and not have to worry and there was no sneaking around because everyone was out of town, right? Yeah, so for for a couple of months, it's really just been sneaking in and out, and now it's like they're gone, so we have free range to actually enjoy ourselves, you know, without the idea of having to be stealth so much. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so one of the first nights that I'm there, um, when we were having sex, she was wearing a blindfold, and uh, what happened was her, her phone rang, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't I didn't like, you know, it was hers, it wasn't mine. And I kind of, like, just slowed down while we were having sex. And I asked her if she wanted to answer it. She said no, and we just kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little while later, the phone rings again. And um, I just ignore it because she's ignoring it. Uh, it rings a second, a third time. Uh, and once again, we ignore it. And on the fourth time, I was like, listen, maybe it has to do with your kids. You may want to just check to see if it's something important. Or- yeah. No, if you're getting so many calls. Mm-hmm. So she said, okay. So she checked it, and it was, she's like, no, it's my it's my ex. I don't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, her ex meaning my, my best friend's older brother. The cop. She's like, no, I'm not going to. The angry yeah, cop. Was, was he away with the family, yeah. too? No, he wasn't. Oh, okay. No, he, he had to work, so he didn't. And okay. um, so she was like, no, it's whatever. I'll just call him later. I don't know what he wants. So I said, well, why don't you put your phone on silent so it doesn't, like, bother us? So she puts it on silent and just kind of throws her phone on the bed off to the side and puts her blindfold back on. And then we go back to having sex. Now, while we're having sex, um, I see her phone light up. And I don't know why, but um, I got this evil idea in my head, and I just thought it would be really, really funny. So when I saw the phone light up, I reached for it, and I saw it was him calling back. And um, I I answer the phone, and I hold it. Because she's wearing the blindfold. She can't see any of this. Oh, and I'm shit. holding the phone. I'm holding the phone near her, and I start, like, just basically pounding into her as hard as I can. And she starts moaning and saying all these sexual things into the phone. And he, I know he's listening to this because it, the call was probably going on for about 30 seconds. And then finally he hung up. So I just threw the phone off to the side, you know, smiled to myself, and he was like, whatever. And I went back to having my fun. And then probably about okay, two wait, or wait, three wait, minutes. Wait, King yeah. Tut, right there. Did you did that make the sex better? Like that moment? It did. Right? That's yeah. why you did it. it. Was, because no logical oh, person yeah. not high on a hard cock would do that. Okay, I'm sorry, because you're like, you're going to ruin a good thing. Because you're basically like letting the guy know you're fucking his wife. But you're doing it because you're so horny that that actually was just getting you off even more. You're not thinking properly. It was. 
Because that's ridiculous. Yeah, I really wasn't. I just, I just thought it was like, I, it was amazing. It was a, a, a high, a really probably the highest thrill I've ever had. I, I don't there's, think I'll be able to top that. I always say it. It's kind of sad, but there's something about cheating sex that make you know the whole sort of illicitness of it that makes it so much hotter. So you add that kind of a thing to it. It's just like there's something about yeah. that. It's so bad to be naughty and yeah. how much it turns people on. So did she know that you did that? She didn't know. No, she has. She has no idea. No. Okay, so go on. So two minutes later, about two or three minutes later, uh, her doorbell rings and there's all this banging on her door, and um, I I pretty much immediately have an idea <laughs> of, of what it is. Do and you I, I kind of glance. No, I, I glance through the window and I see his car though, so I knew it was him. Shit. Um, and um, I'm like, oh my god, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm like, this is like, well, I don't know why I did this. It's so stupid. I'm like freaking out. Right. And you already like, came, right? Like you were done with sex, right? You had like everyone yeah. had been done. Okay, go on. So she has no idea what it is. She's just like, oh, let me go get the door. She goes and gets the door. And I'm I'm just listening from, from her room. And, and uh, they can't see me from where her door is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can hear I can hear the conversation downstairs by the door. And he... Uh, she, Basically, the conversation back and forth was just, he was like, what the fuck's going on over here? And she's like, what are you doing? Like, why, you know, what do you want? And um, they were just saying stuff back and forth. Basically, uh, he needed the key to my friend's house. But she was like, all right, fine, I'll get it for you. And then he, then he starts coming off with, who are you fucking in here? I know you're having sex with somebody. And um, she, she must was be like, like what, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, she, I can't see her. I couldn't see her face, but she was definitely scared. But she played it off like, uh, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, get the fuck out of here. Um, and uh, he's like, he's yelling up the stairs. And he's not, he's not, he doesn't know it's me, obviously, but he's yelling up the stairs to the person who he knows is up there. <laughs> and he's saying, hey, hey, asshole, you still up there? And like, just like yelling up to me and I'm just like I'm so nervous I'm putting my clothes on I'm trying to figure out if there's any way out of the house besides going down the stairs right because and, you're um, upstairs so you have to like basically climb out a window or jump out a second flight uh, right because you're high up yeah okay the only way out would have been down the stairs that I came up which would have led right to the front door where they were right Oh my god! So there was no way out. I was pretty much just like, "I'm, I fit the jigs up. Uh, it's all over." <laughs> You're gonna um, get shot at. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, eventually, she just got him to leave you. And uh, I mean, the only reason why he needed the key was because he was on duty, and he didn't have it with him. And uh, they didn't know like, it was cold, so they didn't know if they left their heat on on the right temperature of the house. It was something as small as that right. that he needed the key for. And um, that's pretty much what ultimately, uh, you know. Well, wait. When she, when he leaves, does, do you eventually cop to her that you had done that little phone trick? Did you let her know? No, that? I. She has no idea. Oh, to this, no she idea. has no idea. No, she just she assumed that because she wasn't answering the phone, that he just assumed that she wasn't answering the phone because she was having sex with somebody. Like she basically just. That's what her thought is, when in reality, uh, I was the one, I answered the phone and he was listening to it. Right, but let me ask you this. 
when she came back upstairs, were you still scared shitless or were you able to play it off? Like, what the hell is that guy's problem? Like, and, you know, not sort of. No, I was scared. I was like, uh, what's going on? What what are we going to do? And she was the one, she was totally calm about the whole thing. I'm like freaking out, like shitting in my pants. And she's just like, I, you know, it's whatever. Don't worry about it. She's like, come on, let's, uh, let's lay down. Or something. She wanted to, like, watch a movie. Yeah, I'm like, well, because... I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I first think it was of because all... to her... Yeah. I think, I think to her, she was like, you know, well, serves you right, asshole. I think she was kind of happy about it, That's to be what honest. I was going to say, though, yeah. You know what I mean? Of yeah. Of course, because that guy, he... What was the cheating scenario again? He fucked their nanny... Or their babysitter? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. First, first it was the babysitter for the kids. And then the second time was uh, His secretary. the secretary. Yeah. At work. At, so at the, he yeah. really, I always thought in the beginning she was revenge fucking you because that's what women do. I've done it a million times. Right. You just want to go screw someone else. But Tommy's big thing was like, dude, she's going to wind up copping feelings for you, right? I mean, you guys were yeah. screwing at this point for how long? Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, I don't remember when I spoke to you guys before it, but it's a good, probably like five or six months, probably. So you guys were together five or six months. You guys, so how did it stopped because of that? Did you, I mean, that was enough for you to be like too freaked out or what happened after that? Um, before we had even like, uh, before we even came to the point where we were going to spend this week together, Uh um, when we had, when the idea was there that we were going to be able to do this, yeah, um, she did mention something to me that kind of freaked me out a little bit, yeah. and um, she she wanted to pretend like we had gotten married. One of the nights that we were there, she wanted to pretend like we had gotten married, and it was like our first uh, like night together, something like that, <laughs> and that that kind of freaked me out just a little bit. <laughs> I can imagine. That's hilarious. You know, that's yeah. the difference between men and women. You know, like a poor woman's going to think that and she just thinks it's some innocent, fun little fantasy. And a guy's going to be like, holy shit, she's trying to lock me down. <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> well, I mean? Like to a woman like, that's like hot, kind of... to a man that's like, yeah. you're, you know, what's hot to you is you're banging her from behind and you're letting her husband hear you fuck her. You know, like she's like uh, hot to her as like, oh, you're we're married now and we're on our honeymoon. <laughs> It's so the yeah. big, there's a difference, you know? So that freaked you out. Do you yeah. think maybe you sabotaged the situation because you wanted out after that? Like, were you getting nervous that she was starting to cop feelings for you? Nah, because, like, you know, uh, there was all, even though she said this, there was still that faint, uh, you know, thing where it was just like we knew that it would never work out. Because she was of, older than you, no. too, right? How old were you and how old was yeah. she? Um, I was 20 when it started, and then by the time this happened, I was uh, 21. Right, but she was, you were 20, and she was like in her 30s, right? How old was she? Yeah, she was uh, 33. Right, and she's got three kids. I mean, what does a 20-year-old want to do with a, you know, a 30-year-old with three kids besides just have sex, you know? And she can't give you what you want either. So you both kind of knew it was going nowhere. So after that, you just stopped because you were too freaked out that you were going to get busted? Yeah, I was kind of. I was still nervous. Uh, so, was and like she afterwards, up? yeah. Nah, not really. But I, I think, I think at first she wasn't. But maybe like the after a couple of days of us being there, like 
I, it was probably me that kind of freaked her out because I just kept saying, like, look, like, you know, we both knew that this wasn't really going to work out. Um, and I feel like, you know, because of this, it just happened. Like, we got to be really careful. And she kind of agreed with me. Uh-huh. And then, like, we kind of just came to a mutual agreement that we should probably just, like, stop doing this. So, like, I'm, I do miss her, and she misses me, and, like, we still ask each other how we're doing, like, just to make sure we're all right and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, it kind of was like a mutual thing that we felt it was a good time to end it. And I am I am upset that it's ended because I had a lot of fun. I mean, it yeah. was great. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm looking at it like, this makes a pretty badass story, so I think I'm good. Yeah, and you got out with any kind of bullet wounds or black eyes. Like, seriously, yeah. you cut your losses really in the perfect time because it could have been listen you got caught but you didn't really get caught right nobody right. to this day none of your friends know right you never told anybody no. right your best no. you're still best friends with your best friend right yeah yeah you got laid with an older woman and got had all that kind of stuff which i think you know every guy wants that's like a fantasy right so i think it was really smart and you know nothing got messy you guys are still friends because that could have gone really wrong if she started to really like you and she didn't you know because listen if you know if one person wants to stop having sex or stop having a relationship and the other person doesn't it's felt to the other person as a big rejection at least she was cool with it you know what i mean and you and yeah there was a reason for it and no one got hurt i think it's like the perfect ending to a a, a good story that you know you could tell your grandkids one day <laughs> or somebody <laughs> i don't know you know what i mean yeah <laughs> who you tell and that story I, you to? Know, I, yeah i still see her when i go over there sometimes you know and you know she'll smile at me when no one's looking so yeah you have that little secret still, yeah yeah so it's still like you know it's fun it's but you have right. no sex with her do you have a new girlfriend or anything like that going on for you uh, currently, no, not right now. No, I mean I'm just really just talking to people. Uh huh. Um, right. I finished. I, I uh, I'm close to finishing school, so I'm really just stuck on that right now. You know, so as soon as I'm 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 finished, I'm gonna start. You know, I'll probably get into the dating scene as soon as I'm done with school and stuff. You know. Right, but you guys have not had sex since that time. No. So that was it. No, that's right. Yeah, Interesting. that's it, really. Well, you know what? I think you did the right thing. I mean, I don't know about putting the phone up to the thing. I mean, you really ended your situation <laughs> by doing that. You know, yeah. my therapist would say that on some level you did that because you wanted it to end because I say you just did that because it just made a horny situation better do you know what i mean because i get that mentality yeah. it's that cheating thing that you know anything to make it more illicit gives you a, a bigger high and you just weren't thinking it's like a drunk person i feel like when people are horny that you're like you know you're like thinking in the same brain as if you're wasted you know you're just not thinking right. properly you would have never right. done that if you were thinking you know straight or you weren't hard like you would have been like oh answer the fu-. you know you wouldn't have never so um but you did ruin it by doing that. You do know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. You went out with a bang, though. It was great, right? That last time, you didn't have to spend a hot. You didn't have to have a fake honeymoon with her, right? That went out the window, right? <laughs> yeah. No fake honeymoon, and now you're 21 years old. You have your life ahead of you. You got the milf thing out of the way, and now you could go have a normal relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I feel like this is a good ending to your story. 
It's a happy right. ending. I mean, we were hoping for something a little bit more salacious, like gunshots. <laughs> I don't know, everyone finding out, like, you know, but you're lucky. Yeah. You know, you'll have one of those in your life. Everybody eventually does. You you know, you might want to get You know what? Yeah. I mean, to me, if something happens and we end up not being friends anymore, I'm definitely going to let it out then, you know. Oh, but, so, but you, know, you mean you and her or you and your friend? Me and my friend. I mean, if something happens where he, you know, Right, uh, screwed me over hardcore. You know, maybe I'd turn around and and, and get so mad at him that I would just tell him. Yeah, totally. You know? I get it. You keep that in your back pocket. It's like ammunition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the heavy artillery. I'll hold on to that one. <laughs> okay, you do that. But I'm glad that you called in and let us know about it. It's a perfect, like I said. I know. I'm a... glad. I'm glad I could be back. And I'm. I checked the. Uh, I can't believe you guys are doing so well. You have so many uh, podcasts. Yeah, so every many, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I air them every Sunday, every week. If you know of any, if you have any friends or anybody that wants to call into the show or anyone that you think would be interested, let them know. I'm always looking for callers. But we like stuff like yours, like really what it is, because it's strictly anonymous. The, the whole thing behind it is people call up. They don't have to tell who they are or where they're from so that they could be really honest with what they're doing. And most people are living like these secret lives. And that's what I'm interested to hear about. Right. So it was good. And for you, it was great because you had a place to vent out your shit because no, you were like having so much fun and you had no one to really talk about it with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It felt really good telling you guys. And I used to listen to my own podcast because I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Anyway, <laughs> so thanks for calling in. If you ever have Thank anything you. else salacious go on, definitely give me and send an email and we'll have you back on. Thank you so much. Uh, best of luck, guys. Okay, thanks, King Todd. Well, I'll be airing this soon, so I'll send you an email when it goes up. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly.